with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. It's the Thursday edition of After 9, and on today's show we'll have old friend Mike McGuire in to talk about his goings-on, including the uh, Sunday Live Prince George, Prince George Live show coming up on Sunday. Uh, but to start today's program, it is yesterday morning's edition of Front Burner from CBC News. of the congregation of the Chilliwack Free Reformed Church last Sunday. There was singing, a sermon on the book of Daniel. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? And prayers. We are thankful that you are the god who sits upon the throne, that you are our judge. If this was just online, as many churches across the country are doing, it would be no big deal. But the church is actually open for members to attend in person, which isn't allowed in British Columbia right now. The Chilliwack Free Reformed Church is one of three Christian churches challenging the current rules around in-person religious gatherings. And in a few weeks, they will take that fight to the B.C. Supreme Court. I'm Jamie Basson, and today, how the pandemic is testing the limits of religious freedom. My colleague Jason Proctor, a very good friend of the show, is here to talk about that and how this fight is happening in other parts of the country, too. Hi, Jason. Hi, Jamie. Thanks so much for being here. It's always such a pleasure. So three churches, including the Chilliwack Free Reform Church, are taking the B.C. government to court over the province's public health orders. But there are more than three that have been operating outside the rules here. And, and one that's gotten a lot of attention is in Kelowna. The pastor there is Art Lucier. Can you tell me a little bit about him? Um, he's not one of the three going to the court, but I know that he's a really big player in this, right? Well, exactly. Um, and he's one of many churches, uh, that are watching this. Uh, he runs the Harvest Church in Kelowna. Um, and, uh, you know, he's talked at length on Facebook posts and, uh, to his congregation. At some point, the church has to stand up against totalitarian. They have to. And so we are. We, this is us coming together, the ecclesia, the church of, of, of Jesus inviting God. He's been handed a number of tickets for violating the health orders which suspend uh, religious gatherings. And, you know, he's sort of spoken um, elaborately about his reasons. Uh, and it goes back to November uh, and a point at which uh, our provincial health doctor, uh, officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, issued these orders. The community transmission that we're seeing and the fact that we have seen transmission in some of our, our faith-based settings, we need to suspend those and support each other and find those ways to care for each other remotely. You know, he said he asked God to give him a dream at that point. And in the dream, I, I had a dream that I stood up at a mass of people. I stood up on this like kind of podium just like this here. I just like, pastors of Canada, it's time to open up the churches and stand together in unity over it. And so that's what's driven him. As I say, he's been handed a number of tickets. Uh, last I saw online, he said he was still meeting, but, uh, you know, not announcing where these were going to happen. And how much would these tickets be? 
Well, each of the tickets is twenty three hundred dollars, and the same organization, um, which is representing the three churches in the challenge to BC's health orders is also representing a number of people around the province who have defied these orders and been handed tickets. This assertion that Lucier uh, is making that, you know, he wanted to stay open because it's God's plan. Is that something that we're hearing from other churches as well, including the three that are going to court? Yeah, it is. It's interesting because, I mean, you have a, a real coming together here of people's obedience to both biblical law and the laws of man, and I guess where those conflict, right? And so uh, specifically what the three churches here have argued is that uh, while there is a sort of a section of Romans um, that tells Christians to obey civil law, because uh, that's sort of seen as authority appointed by God on earth, even if they don't agree with everything there, where they draw the line and feel they cannot is when civil law commands them to act against God's word. And so what specifically argued here is that God commands them to come together to celebrate and to honor God and that that's something that they have to do in person and as a congregation and they feel that uh, that sort of is grounds for them biblically anyway to defy uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry's health orders. curiosity here. Uh, is it fair for me to say that when it comes to taking this kind of stand against public health orders in BC and getting all this attention for it as well, uh, we are just seeing Christian churches, right? Like not mosques, gurdwaras, temples... No, exactly. Uh, what we've seen, and, and actually Dr. Bonnie Henry has made mention of the fact that she consulted with uh, various faith leaders around the province uh, in regards to this. And this is important. And they understand that we need our faith services more than ever right now, but we need to do them in a way that's safe. You know, the vast majority of them are not defying uh, the laws. But of course, everybody is watching this. Um, in fact, there's a process that you can go through to ask for an exception to these rules. Um, and she pointed out that uh, uh, that a synagogue did that. Uh, and as a result, they're able to have religious services in tents with no more than 25 people um, in, in them. And so uh, she's actually asked these churches to do the same thing, you know, apply for an exception. Don't try to take the whole law down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and are they going to do that? Well, they've done that now. Um, and so they've asked for the exception uh, to be able to, you know, argue that they can safely hold uh, religious services. But there is also this ongoing challenge to the legitimacy and the constitutionality of the laws. Right. And, and on that challenge, you know, in addition to the religious argument, what other kinds of arguments are we hearing from them? Well, so their main point is that the Constitution provides under two parts of the Constitution for uh, sort of the freedom to gather and express yourself and also the freedom not to be discriminated against because of religion. And so they argue that these rules are in violation of the Constitution. The test that the government has to meet, essentially, with regards to this, because ultimately, by issuing these orders, you are infringing on people's constitutional rights. But Section 1 of the Constitution 
allows you to do that uh, if you can demonstrate that it's reasonably justified, which is obviously what the province argues, that we're in a once-in-a-lifetime deadly pandemic here. And so that while there may be infringements of your constitutional rights, those are justified because of the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I was wondering, restaurants are open in BC, right? So, so why is the government more concerned about churches? I can walk into a restaurant in BC, I can sit down, I can take off my mask, I can eat dinner. Yeah, and that's actually exactly the point that the pastors here make, is that on a Sunday, they say you can go to Walmart or you can go to Costco and see people lined up to go inside. And you may well see more people inside that are sort of uh, certainly nobody necessarily counting everybody going in um, or that you can gather in restaurants. And so, you know, you can gather at the altars, let's say, of consumerism, but uh, you can't go to church. And that's their point. What the province says to that is that the kinds of activities that are required and that people engage in in a church, so you have talking, you have singing, you have loud expression, you have people often kind of coming together, taking sacraments, uh, those kinds of activities, and they're there generally for sort of a longer period of time, are exactly the circumstances in which COVID-19 can spread. And so that's why they say that these measures are needed. They also say uh, in their arguments that there have been about 180 cases linked to faith-based gatherings. And so, you know, that's their case. I know that much that we've heard from these churches have been through their lawyers, but there are some recordings, right, how the churches have spoken to their congregations about this. And I wonder if you could tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I find this really fascinating because uh, they certainly have gone out of their way to talk about it and to discuss it. Um, and in one particular case, the uh, Riverside Calvary Chapel um, in Langley, they put up a Q&A on their website uh, where they sat down and, and answered questions with regards to this. We wanted to share sort of our heart with you regarding the stance that we've taken that's not always a popular one. They talk about those specific kind of arguments that they make in terms of what they believe God is commanding them to do in terms of meeting. But when Paul wrote this, he's not calling for unqualified submission to these authorities. Because of course, if they ask you to do something that is contrary to God's word, we know that as believers, we're obligated to obey God first and foremost. But, you know, you also see expressed both there and also with regards to, you know, Art Lucy, what would be a fundamental disagreement on, let's say, the severity of the pandemic and the need for these measures. I mean, uh, one of them specifically sort of talks about the data. And there has been times throughout history where the church has had to suspend worship services. It's my personal conviction that when I look at the data and I look at the stats, that we are not in that health emergency place. Just the different facts about even the, the, the survival rate that we see from this virus. And huh, that, that's really interesting. You know, I just do want to be clear about one thing. Are, are these churches taking any measures at all to stop the spread? 
Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's part of their argument as well. I mean, they say, for instance, uh, you know, one of the churches holding, they're holding services on Sunday mornings that are capped at 50 people. Uh, the amount that you're allowed to have, uh, at a, at other things like a support group, uh, you know, maintaining a, a reservation link on their websites to, uh, uh, allow for people to reserve seats. They've got hand sanitizer stations set up, cleaning and wiping down the sanctuary between each service, ensuring attendees are provided with clean masks, you know, um, keeping services to an hour so as to maintain a, you know, a timely flow of people in and out of the buildings. They say they are doing everything that is required of them. And, you know, with regards to that example of a support group, for instance, where 49 people are allowed to gather uh, at a support group under the existing rules, what the pastors say is that this is like a support group for people. This is sustenance for people of faith in this very, very difficult time. And they argue they can meet safely like anybody else can. What we're dealing with and the, the panic and the fear, the worry, um, the discouragement, depression that's set into many people. This is the time the church needs to be open and administer to these people. All the more the church needs to be open. That is the first part of yesterday morning's front burner from CBC News. We'll have part two in a moment here on After Nine. There isn't much that a country singer hasn't covered in a song. If you want to hear songs about new love, lost love, drinking, fighting, cowboys, trains, traveling, and everything else, then tune into the Country Cavalcade every Wednesday, 6 to 8, where I cover music from the 20s to the 90s, as well as today's traditional independent artists. You'll hear from such graces as the Carter family, Johnny Horton, Vern Charlton, and so much more. The Country Cavalcade, Wednesday, 6 to 8, only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM with me, Corey Walker. The city of Prince George is seeking public input on reducing poverty and how poverty affects the whole community. A public survey on poverty reduction is available at princegeorge.ca slash getinvolved. Your participation will help the city prioritize recommendations for action and advocacy aimed at reducing poverty as outlined by the Select Committee on Poverty Reduction in support of the Provincial Poverty Reduction Strategy, Together BC. The city's poverty reduction survey is available through March 12th at princegeorge.ca slash getinvolved. This March, take action and change the future for the estimated 70,000 British Columbians living with dementia. Take part in the Alzheimer's Society of BC's Breakfast to Remember. It's a virtual fundraiser featuring a keynote address with astronaut Colonel Chris Hatfield. Ticket purchasers will also receive exclusive access to the Society's research event on March 10th. The Alzheimer's Society of BC's Breakfast to Remember, 7.30 to 9, Thursday, March 4th. For more information or tickets, visit alzheimerbc.ca. Forecast for Environment Canada, partly cloudy, becoming cloudy this morning. Wind from the south at 40, gusting to 60, changing to west at 20, gusting to 40 late this afternoon, a high of 2. Periods of snow this evening, then cloudy, a low of minus 2 with a wind chill to minus 6. For Friday, cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries, wind to 15K, a high of 0 with a morning wind chill to minus 5. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And here is part two of yesterday morning's front burner from CBC News. I know that Dr. Henry said an interim injunction to stop 
the members of these three churches from gathering. This injunction uh, was in response to a legal challenge, and until that legal challenge was heard, we wanted to make sure um, that people understood that the rules were still in place. But it was actually turned down, and so what was the reasoning for that? Well, so this went before the Chief Justice of BC Supreme Court, Christopher Hinkson, um, who, even while the arguments were being made, seemed to express some kind of skepticism, because basically he wondered whether Dr. Bonnie Henry was asking him to do her job for her, because she has enforcement abilities under the uh, Public Health Act. And so ultimately what he found here is that she's not using all of those abilities, those enforcement abilities. You know, Chilliwack RCMP, uh, for instance, have talked about uh, sending a package to uh, the prosecution service here for consideration of charges under the Public Health Act. Those charges can bring fines of between 25000 and $3 million and see jail time. But as yet, no religious leaders in BC have been charged uh, in relation to any of these defiances. And so what the justice said in regards to this was that until she's exhausted those, she shouldn't be coming to him um, to do that. And he felt it might actually put the, the court into disrepute if they went ahead and laid down the law and then the BC Prosecution Service declined to charge. In his written ruling, Justice Hinkson said, to be clear, I am not condoning the petitioner's conduct in contravention of the orders that they challenge. Until he rules on the larger charter issue, these three churches will continue to welcome worshippers. Hmm. So I mean, that's a big jump from $2,300 fines, right? Jail time, very, very large fines uh, that you're talking about. Why do you think that the government and Dr. Bonnie Henry haven't pursued these? In Alberta, there's a, there's a pastor that's actually in jail right now for ignoring restrictions on religious gatherings, so it's happening elsewhere. The AHS and the RCMP have visited the church on multiple Sundays. On one occasion, they say they counted 300 people present. We're showing the government they've overstepped their authority. Regardless of whether their excuse is a so-called pandemic or not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know, I think some of this comes down to kind of the fundamental way about which public health officials view as the best means to get people to comply with health orders, to try to convince them to do it in their own interest rather than because they have to, right? And Dr. Bonnie Henry has walked a very calm um, line with regards to this, you know, talking about asking people to be kind to each other, to look out for each other. You know, I don't purport to know everybody's ideas about faith. But I do know that there are great leaders in our community that are stepping up every day and supporting the people that they care about in their congregations and doing it in a safe way. There have been a couple of people charged under the Public Health Act for violating her orders, but but those are extreme cases. The most recent one uh, is a guy who ran a, a makeshift nightclub with strippers and, you know, allegedly a hundred people gathered in his downtown penthouse apartment in Vancouver. And you do not have a warrant. It's time to leave. 
This audio recording posted on social media by a man who identifies himself as the Swede owner shows an alleged confrontation between police. We continued our investigation throughout the week. Officers came back with a search warrant. There were menus, there were tables, there were point-of-sale terminals in their cash tills throughout. You know, there were reports at the time of, uh, you know, orders of 100 cheeseburgers being ordered in to serve the patrons of this alleged makeshift nightclub who were all wearing socks so that they wouldn't be heard if the police showed up. So that's pretty extreme, right? Um, but uh, that's a very long step from people of faith. And, uh, you know, in the decision on the injunction, uh, the chief justice makes mention of this somewhat, which is these people are not going to be dissuaded necessarily by a, uh, by an order uh, from the court because these these have to do with deeply felt beliefs, not, you know, uh, a need to party. Right, right. And, and you know, as you mentioned before, too, um, there's there's a lot of value in going to these services as well. You know, the, the human interaction, the, the support uh, that people receive, it, it is a lot different than the cheeseburger guy. That story is enraging. <laughs> um, so, look, <laughs> we know that other provinces are struggling with this issue, too, right? And, and who's going to be watching this court case? as it moves forward. There is, in fact, an organization which represents reformed churches, reformed Christian churches across the country, about 165 churches, I think 28 of which are in BC, which is applying for intervener status in this. The organization which is behind the legal fight, uh, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, they're actually also involved in the defense of James um, Coates, the pastor in Alberta, who you mentioned, who is in jail because he won't sign uh, an agreement uh, that would restrain him from gathering to hold services. So Christian churches across the country have to think are watching this. The governments will be watching it because it speaks exactly to the intersection of public health orders and constitutional rights and faith. And that is a huge issue for a lot of people. These efforts by the churches to push back, to take the government to court, do you think that it might have the effect of the government backing down? Um, you know, that's a super interesting question. I doubt it's going to have the effect of having the government back down. I, I mean, I think what the government said is they'll consider making exceptions, which they would for any uh, church. But, you know, they also argue we've got variant cases rising out here in BC. We're in the phase of trying to get towards vaccinating people, but that isn't rolling out that quick. So, you know, Dr. Bonnie Henry would argue we're still in the danger zone. These health orders are still needed. And, you know, from from the public's perspective as well, as you saw with the case I mentioned before about the, the penthouse guy, um, there is a certain feeling that if you are defying the orders, then why don't they punish you? If they have the enforcement, if it matters to them, why don't they do that? And, you know, there's a lot of people who are isolated and restricting themselves to the limit of these rules, who equally well, you could argue, would say, hey, why can these pastors 
openly defy Bonnie Henry while other religious organizations don't, and they don't pay any price for that beyond tickets. And, and I suppose we're not even just talking about other churches or, or people who want to have religious gatherings, but just like regular people who are following these uh, rules to a T. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for this conversation. It was really fascinating. Uh, so thank you so much for wading through this really complex story with us. Oh, well, thank you. today an update on a story that we've been following really closely. On Tuesday, the Chinese government responded to the House of Commons vote declaring that China is committing genocide against Uyghurs and other Turkic Muslims in Xinjiang. Wang Wenbin, the spokesperson for China's foreign ministry, said that the motion disregarded facts and was meant to smear the country. That to the Chinese government, it is a lie made up by anti-China forces. 266 MPs out of 338 voted in favor of the motion to declare China's persecution of Uyghurs a genocide on Monday. The Prime Minister and his cabinet abstained from that vote. That's all for today. I'm Jamie Poisson. We'll talk to you tomorrow. That is yesterday morning's front burner from CBC News. Front burner from CBC News is also available on the CBC Listen app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. This morning's front burner will be airing tonight at about 11. Stick around. In a moment, we'll have Mike McGuire on After 9. In December, the BC Schizophrenia Society hosted an Ask a Researcher session with Dr. Fidel Villa-Rodriguez. During the hour-long event, Dr. Villa-Rodriguez answered a wide variety of questions from BCSS donors. A recording and transcript of the session are both now available online. To view the video or read the transcript, click on the Ask a Researcher link in the What's Current section at bcss.org. British Columbia Schizophrenia Society, a reason to hope, the means to cope. If you are affected by dementia, you are not alone. The Alzheimer's Society of BC currently offers telesupport groups for care partners who are caring for someone living with dementia. The Interior and Northern BC Telesupport Group meets the second Thursday of each month from 7 to 8 and the third Monday of each month from 2 to 3. For more information or to register, call the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033 or email info.help. Helpline at alzheimerbc.org. The BC Schizophrenia Society is in the process of trying to secure funding so services will remain uninterrupted, working closely with various ministries to achieve this objective, but they need your help. Write a letter of support or contact your local MLA to let them know how important funding for continued services to you and your family. For more information on the letter-writing campaign, check out the message from BCSS CEO in the What's Current section at bcss.org. Check out the Two Rivers Gallery podcast, Learn From Sharing, a series of voices on diversity. The latest edition features the late David Clement Charles and his granddaughter Amanda Cup, offering a glimpse into David's life, drawing on knowledge derived from living on the land and within his community. It also touches on the changing landscape and the importance of keeping our land healthy for our children. Caring for the land and each other, the latest Learn From Sharing podcast, available online at tworiversgallery.ca. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. 
And in studio today, we have Mike McGuire to talk about all things... All things comedy, maybe? Comedy, yes. Comedy. Stuff. Funny you're, stuff. You're a funny guy, I've heard. You're very kind. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about uh, comedy and the pandemic. Uh, more important these days than ever? Oh, oh my goodness. Don't we all need a laugh? Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, like, I, I have some very, very upbeat friends and even they're going, boy, I can hardly wait for this to be over. Oh, like, yeah, like, no yeah. doubt. It's, and it's not even, I, I looked up, I wanted to, okay, maybe this is the saddest day of the year or something, but no, that's in like the third Monday in January, Blue Monday. Yeah, yeah. So we're past that and we're still yeah. feeling like this? This is not well, good. Well, I, I think part of the problem was the last uh, message from uh, Bonnie Henry saying that it was going to be like this indefinitely until further notice. There, she, if she had given us a date, you know, you'd have something <laughs> yeah. to look forward to, but it's like... Oh, when is this going to end? Yeah, well, we maybe it's know, that right? under under promise over deliver. Like it's well, never yeah, going to end. Yeah. And then if it ends in like eight years, then we go, hey, we're ahead of schedule. Well, I have been checking the um, active numbers across the northern health region uh, daily to see how we're doing, and actually, it's starting to come down. Uh, we're mid two hundred right now, some in, odd in so northern health. Northern health per day. No, no, no. Oh. Current. Oh. Uh, no, I, active, I, I, active. I, I don't care about the, the, the daily one is good to watch just to see if there's any kind of trend, but just the current active numbers. And, uh, yeah, yesterday it had gotten down. I guess if I click on the right uh, button here, I'll get off Facebook. We had 20 yesterday. It 20? Was, yeah. Uh, yeah. 20. That makes sense because 20 uh, active, they're active for 14 days. So if you had 20 per day, you'd have... Well, that's what that's low. That's the one of the lowest yeah. numbers in the last, last little while. Yeah. yeah well, the good. the uh, daily totals really fluctuate, but I think the overall number of active cases has started to creep down quite steadily. And right now, sitting at uh, as of yesterday, two sixty four, and it was five hundred about a month ago. Mm. How is uh, this the part of the funny part? Well, I'm just saying <laughs> that. Getting out of this, yes. Uh, this to me sort of indicates that you know, fingers crossed, by spring and just under a month, we'll be down around a hundred, and you, you get into spring and, and yes. being able to get outside and enjoy the fresh air a little better. That would be uh, lovely. I think that'll be awesome. Yeah. yeah, certainly will help a lot of people's uh, mental frame of mind. I would think. Oh my goodness, yes, and we do need that. Yeah, we need to laugh more. Well, you actually were very active last year, even in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, as far as... Let's try and rephrase that somehow. <laughs> you were active during the pandemic. Well, yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were. Thanks for asking. You, you were out there bringing comedy to the people. I was, yes. And, and to be clear, in a very socially responsible way. Yes. We, uh, my partner and I, not that partner, partner. You know, uh, anyway, me and Cody Melbuff. Your cohort. Uh, cohort. I like that. Um, me and Cody Balbuff would uh, come to your garden and on a socially responsible distancing manner, put on a comedy show yeah. uh, for you and however many guests. And we ended up raising, uh, we're part of the Wheeling Warriors of the North. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we ended up raising over $8,000 for the Ride to Conquer Cancer. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we're very pleased with that, with those numbers. Well, and then that especially was uh, awesome due to the fact that the actual event couldn't take place last year, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Both Cody and I uh, exceeded our fundraising goals. And, um, I mean, uh, one of our hashtags was, you know, cancer's not taking the time off. 
Yeah. So we're we're not going to and we uh we're very proud of that that number for money raising. So uh looking ahead you're planning on the same sort of thing this year whether or not the pandemic is bigger and better bigger coming and better. back bigger yeah. and better. Yeah, we're looking at uh, at some sponsorship um and I got to shout out to uh to uh, Kyle Sampson for sponsoring us from PWB. Mm-hmm. Last year we would show up at at uh at your garden party with uh we always said 21 beer because he'd drink one and I'd drink two. So, uh, yeah. So uh, it was very, very uh, helpful to have that. And we're looking at, uh, at making it even bigger and better, maybe getting some sponsorship and some swag and that sort of thing to, mm-hmm. to raise even more money for, for the Wheeling Warriors. So if uh, someone is listening and wants to book that ahead of time, uh, how would they go about that? They would get a hold of Mike McGuire at 250-961-4767. Not through Facebook or something? They could, I suppose. Yeah, yeah they could send me a Facebook uh, message. Mike McGuire at, I guess, my, just find me, Mike McGuire. Yeah, Mike or, McGuire. Or uh, you could even put the contact on your Facebook page or your web page, Reg. Uh, I, I try to avoid our <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with our Facebook page. Wow. I let other people worry about that. You, you could have, like, you could, oh, you mean on www.cfisfm.ca, that one? And then you uh, drive CFISFM. more. Yeah, okay. It, it would have drove I'll, more I'll get, people towards your website. I'll get, my, uh, I'll get my computer guy on that. Get your marketing as, team. My marketing team, yeah. <laughs> one guy in his basement plugging away. They're all in a basement. Well, pretty much, yeah. So uh, normal life uh, for you these days, uh, you work in the trucking industry. I do. I do. And I'm very very thankful that we never did get shut down. We were part of the uh, essential services because you need to get food. Well, exactly. And that's that's one thing that I think uh, the pandemic has really uh, helped emphasize is what exactly essential services are. People might not think of truck uh, trucking as an essential service but boy it, for central interior of bc it is oh, big time yeah when you don't get your kale uh, it's <laughs> tragic kale yeah for instance yeah. for instance <laughs> or maybe. fennel i've started cooking with fennel of all things fennel yeah i just wanted to feel like a little schmarmy right no look at me i'm all yes yes fancy yes. schmancy so i'm using fennel in my stir fries so uh Actually, that's one thing that has uh, picked up as well. I think a lot of people have discovered cooking again because <laughs> they're at home always. Oh, 100%. I, I never, I was never much of a cook. Right. And, uh, but for 60 days straight in March and April, I posted a meal that I'd made typically not even from a recipe. It was kind of like, Just okay, throw it together. what's in the cupboard? Yeah. See what we got. <laughs> and, uh, presented some really good meals and, and, and started working with different foods and that sort of thing and, uh, different stuff that I'd never thought to make in my house, like pho, pho. Anyway. What? Well, so, someone out there is going to call and correct, but it's P H O, the Vietnamese noodles, oh, okay. and yeah, uh, yeah. made. Is uh, it? No, I think it's pho. Really? See, the, see, there we go. That would be a whole okay, debate. I don't know. Start a thread. Oh okay. my god, I can't believe you. Whatever. Uh, yeah, and oh yeah, pho and um, pad thai and yeah. everything. Uh, I accidentally bought some uh, cauliflower pizza crusts one time. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, and made pizza, and it was delicious. Uh, it was, yeah. Yeah. So uh, really, I've I've grown. Not in that way. Um, I've grown like uh, grown some skills that, that I wouldn't have yeah, grown yeah. through uh, except uh, through the pandemic. Yeah, I follow you on Facebook, and I remember seeing all those posts as I was eating my uh, 
mac and cheese <laughs> and thinking, why, why don't I take some time and do some of that? Fun fact, a very simple way to dress up mac and cheese. Yeah. Instead of milk, sour cream. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I uh, uh, when I worked at uh, a local health food store and they had milk that had gone sour, mm-hmm. I, I'd take that home. Or if it was past the expiry date, yeah, I I'd take it home. And if it if I didn't get to it before it was uh, gone sour without curdling, yeah, yeah I'd throw it in the in the craft uh, dinner or whatever, and it gave it a, a yeah. sharp tangy taste. Oh, much richer. And you yeah. know what? Like I, I, I was talking with somebody uh, uh, a couple weeks back when I bought my house in two thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first things I bought for food uh, was a twelve pack of craft dinner. Oh, okay. And I look at my eating habits now, and I thought to myself, I would never even have that stuff in my house. Yeah. I will have mac and cheese, but I'll make it from macaroni and real cheese and yeah. and butter and, and that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. It's, uh, no, I I, uh, that's, uh, I still buy KD every once in a while, but yeah, it's usually uh, not on my shopping list. Yeah, it's a, a dirty little secret. <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. We, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more uh, with Mike McGuire here. Most everyone knows not to drink and drive, and that even small amounts of alcohol can be risky. But do we really understand that drinking small amounts of alcohol during the pregnancy can be harmful for our growing baby, even in those early weeks before the pregnancy has been confirmed? Fetal alcohol spectrum disorder... FASD is a lifelong disability that affects the brain and body of people who were exposed to alcohol in the womb. If you are pregnant or planning to be, please don't drink. There is no known safe time, safe type, or safe amount. We encourage you to see what's happening in your community to help reduce both the impact and the incidence of prenatal alcohol exposure. To learn more, please contact us at healthnexus.ca. Visit the bilingual FASD Ontario website or check out Canada's FASD Research Network. Spread the word. It's everyone's responsibility to help make pregnancies as healthy as they can be. The Everybody Moves Resource Hub is now online. Created by the BC Alliance for Healthy Living and the Physical Activity Health Collaborative, the Hub is a one-stop shop for sport and recreational leaders who want to ensure physical activity is as inclusive and accessible as possible. BC clearly needs solutions to get us all active, and the Everybody Moves Resource Hub is part of the answer. Find it at everybodymoveshub.ca. The Prince George Council of Seniors is excited to introduce Eric Miners, their new community connector. The responsibility of this new and evolving position is to connect seniors with services needed but not currently offered at the Seniors Resource Centre. The community connector can look for the agencies that will best serve your specific needs, provide necessary contact information, or assist with setting up appointments. To contact the community connector, call 250-552-1763 Monday through Wednesday. Forecast from Environment Canada. Partly cloudy, becoming cloudy this morning. Wind from the south at 40, gusting to 60, changing to west at 20, gusting to 40 late this afternoon, a high of 2. Periods of snow this evening, then cloudy, a low of minus 2 with a wind chill to minus 6. For Friday, cloudy with a 40% chance of flurries, wind to 15k, a high of 0 with a morning wind chill to minus 5. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS FM. All right, so uh, another thing that I think a lot of people uh, have been uh, 
getting back to perhaps because of the pandemic, whether it's good or bad, is uh, I, I find we have a lot more uh, armchair quarterbacks than we've had for a while. <laughs> is that uh, something you've have you gotten back to watching? Hockey and yeah, these on uh, these sports that are on the telly. I was, uh, you know, I'm I'm one of those one of those Canuck fans that that I'll watch it if I'm in the room with somebody and that right. sort of thing. Uh, but I get distracted. But I've I've watched a lot more this yeah. year, and and it's interesting, and it and it is disheartening because I'm, I've been a Canuck fan for seems like 108 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a long haul, long suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, they're fun to watch. I mean, they lose. Yeah, they're, they're they're not doing that well this year. Can we change the subject? Well, I, I wanted to talk I'm a little bit about depressed. sports because uh, <laughs> on Thursday nights we, we Thursday evenings the Leafs. At, uh, we don't want to talk about the Leafs. Uh, Thursday nights at six we do our sports talk show, oh. and uh, it's always great to uh, get input from other individuals about sports. And and when we talk about the NHL. Uh, the the divisions and how they're all only playing games against their own division, and in the Canucks' case, that means you're playing only the Canadian teams. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, or are you sick of it already? I, I I actually like it because I mean you're always invested w- more when you see them play the the Habs or the Leafs or the you know all Oilers. Their, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except for the Sens and the and the Jets, really. Yeah, there's a... I hate every other Canadian team and, <laughs> and the other two that I, I'm indifferent to them. So, yeah. uh, it's, it's good. And, and in a lot of ways, it makes those games so much more important because that is a team that you have to leapfrog. That's a team that you're, that you have to beat out for the playoffs. You, you go up against Carolina and nobody gives a crap about them in the first place. Yeah. And you're not fighting them for a, a playoff spot. Yeah. So well, every one of these are playoff games, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Four-point yeah. games. Four-point right? games, exactly. Yeah. Or five-point games, depending on overtime. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's confusing. It's, yeah, the, the over, overtimes. Yeah. But that's that's exactly right, is uh, every time you lose to a, lose a game now, it, it hurts twice as much. You know, oh yeah. As, as, whereas in the past, you only played your division, uh, divisional rivals, uh, maybe half the time, yeah, or a oh, quarter exactly. of the time. Yeah. So I would really like them to uh, to stay like this. To be honest, I I don't know. I'm starting to, uh, you know, I I would like to see Vancouver play Anaheim for a, a shot at a decent victory. <laughs> Or, <laughs> you know, bring oh. on, bring on some of these lesser light U.S. teams just, oh, just could, to gotcha. pad the stats a little, you know? Oh, I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That's I, a good I, idea. You know, another month of, uh, oh, here's Toronto again. Uh, do I have to watch, <laughs> do I, do I have to watch Austin Matthews with his one timer again? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. But, but that one time that they're like, they're going to play him, what, 10 times or nine times? Well, it works out <clears throat> Yeah. They, they they play two teams. Uh, in the case of Vancouver, they'll play Calgary and Edmonton ten times, and then the others uh, nine times yeah. each. So the one time that you beat the Leafs, you're going to be strutting down the street. <laughs> you're going to be going, uh-huh, oh, that's, that's right. Been, yeah. They've been there. Remember that time? That. Remember that time? Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Uh, what about other sports? Have you watched the NFL? That was... Uh, no, 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 not, not even the Super not Bowl. Even a bit. I, I, I try and I the Super Bowl. I try and reserve that day for going ice fishing with my buddy Lawrence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and did that work out this year? No, no, I think it was cold, wasn't it? 
I I kind of had the game on in the background, and I was right. probably coming up with the recipe or well, it was over pretty like fast. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a blowout. Yeah, so I would have I would have preferred that Brady didn't win, but yeah, what do you do? Yeah. So, uh, s- uh, staying on the topic of sports, watching it on TV, does that sort of whet the appetite for uh, the return of the WHL or the BCHL eventually? Ah, oh boy, I sure hope so. I mean, for so many reasons, uh, like the, the development of professionals, I mean, the, the camaraderie, the, the community, all that sort of thing, the profitability of our, our arenas, mm-hmm. um, and, and these kids that, that have put... You know, most of these kids that are playing in the WHL and, and the uh, BCHL have been concentrating or focusing on this for the last 12 years. Yeah. And, you know, for, for this to be that hiccup that could, you know, really harm their development, that's that's not no, good. Exactly. Uh, although, uh, in that vein, everyone else at that level is under the same strain, so... You know, at some point, the NHL needs to have those new new players in. Agreed. It might hurt the product overall, but I don't know. Maybe it's a, a whole generation of of uh, selkie trophy candidates or something. You know, learn to check and oh, oh, I yeah. see, <laughs> Full, a complete game. And a lot of those, a lot of those uh, kids uh, are to find out what a book is. Yeah. And. Uh, in the meantime, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be nice. So they can handle their finances once they become millionaires, or something along those lines. Yeah, uh, yeah. WHL. It's uh, at this point they're uh, ready to go with all the divisions. They have set dates for all the divisions mm-hmm. except for the BC division. And uh, yesterday, I caught part of the uh, interview Alan did with uh, um, Andy Beasley. Andy Beasley. Yeah, from the Cougars. And he said, behind the scenes, they are working like crazy to make sure that as soon as they get the green light, they're ready to go. Right. So we'll have to see how that pans out. Uh, the other thing, though, that I've, uh, like I, I mentioned, the sports talk show on Thursday nights, there would be weeks where all we would talk about was the off-season uh, moves mm-hmm. because for yeah. the WHL and the BCHL, that's all they got right now is, is trying to tweak the team. Yeah. Picking up a player there, perhaps losing a player here because he decided, well, can't wait around. I got to go to school, right? Yeah. And how do, like, what about the, the, the imports? Like, are they're going to have to come over and, and quarantine for two yeah. weeks? Mm-hmm. Uh, the American players, I guess there won't be any cross border. Like, how many, how many teams are in BC? Like, there's, because we lost Kootenai, right? So there's Prince George, Kelowna, Kamloops. Prince George, Kelowna, Kamloops, Vancouver, uh, Victoria, Vancouver. Five, yeah. So you're gonna have a, like a sixty season, sixty well, game season. No, they were 24. talking twenty four games. Oh, okay. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be very short. Right. And uh, yeah, so it's doable, but I, I think they're. It's just a wait and see type thing, as yeah. with a lot of that stuff, right? Yeah. Kind of. Andy said they're all over the place right now. Anyway, they even got a couple couple of other guys are still in Europe and. Right. Yeah, so and that's. Uh, that's they, they might have to play without the Europeans. With the WHL, they only have, I think, two spots for Europeans. Yes, so, that's correct. So they'd have to play without them for a couple of weeks before they get them in the lineup, which, depending on your Europeans, may be a big hit. It may not be. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's take one final break. When we come back, we'll uh, delve into the real reason Mike's here today. 
in a moment. Join Life Sciences BC as the Western Canada Partnership presents Access Funding to Succeed, Tuesday morning from 10 to 11.30. This Succeeding in the Virtual World webinar will feature speakers from key funders who will explain how to access their funding programs and other assistance for the life sciences sector. Registration and full details for this free presentation are available through the calendar link under Events and Programs at lifesciencesbc.ca. Access Funding to Succeed, Tuesday morning at 10 online. At the YMCA, we continue to provide frontline pandemic supports to our community, including essential childcare, mental health services, and assistance to seniors. We believe that health is a right, not a privilege. We need your help now more than ever. Ensure that our community continues to have the supports it needs to thrive. Visit nbc.ymca.ca and make a gift today. Looking to make a lasting contribution to your community and to Canada? The Census of Population is coming, and almost 32,000 census jobs are now available across Canada. Don't miss this opportunity to be part of a national project. Statistics Canada census jobs are interesting, safe, and rewarding. Apply now or tell a friend. Visit census.gc.ca slash jobs. Prince George's Crime Stoppers is now Northern BC Crime Stoppers. Coming off another record year, your local Crime Stoppers organization is geared up to receive tips from across Northern BC anonymously, 24-7, 365 days a year. Call 1-800-222-TIPS or make your submission online at pgcrimestoppers.bc.ca. Don't miss the next Community Shredded event Saturday, April 24th at the PGSS parking lot to dispose of personal documents safely and securely with Northern BC Crime Stoppers. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George. You're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS FM. And we, we are back with Mike McGuire. Yes. <laughs> uh, in studio to chat a little bit about uh, a big event coming up on Sunday. And this is kind of cool because uh, the pandemic has really made us think outside the box on how to put on events. Yes. And Sunday will be uh, kind of a cool event featuring yourself and uh, there's Rick Stavely. Uh, Studio the 720. 720, the, the rock group. So uh, tell tell us how this all came about for you. This was um, this was a brainchild of Kyle Sampson. And, mm-hmm. and he called me up about two months ago and he says, I got an idea. And I said, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and it just... You're, it you're came, trusting. Oh, Kyle's a pretty cool guy, yeah, okay. and uh, yeah, it, it's. I think it's going to come together wonderfully. It's it's uh, Prince George Live. It's a mm-hmm. fundraiser for the Prince George Community Foundation, which I know as a former board member here, we got money from them. Uh, once point. upon a time, we did. Yeah. yeah. So so they they support these kind of local uh, local. Uh, uh, efforts or whatever to you know, yeah. and they really well, support the Prince George community. Yeah, there are so a many different foundation. ways. Exactly, very much so. Yeah, and so they're hoping to raise fifty thousand dollars from this. It's mm-hmm. on CKPG TV at six, six. o'clock on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, and it's a ninety-minute show. You can also go online to to watch it uh, yeah. through uh, PGCF.ca. PGCF.ca. Yes, and also you can find it on their. Facebook, uh, PG Community Foundation Facebook Live. Yeah. So there's there's no excuse not to see A lot see of me. different ways to, to track it down. Yeah, exactly. Now, what's uh, what's the format? Uh, are you the opening act or? 
Do you know what what the schedule is for that evening? To the best of my knowledge, I'm on about 45 minutes in. Oh, okay. Uh, But that's really all I know. Yeah. And uh, my understanding, we had Rick Stavely in the studio uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah, and he said his was pre-recorded. He did his event. Where where did uh, he... He did it at the... uh Studio there. Oh, okay. The yeah, the the studio they utilized for a lot of the cold snap. Oh, yeah. He, did, he went in there to to do his uh, bit. Uh, now your your part was a little bit different than that. Mine will be in front of uh, some very close family and friends mm-hmm. uh, in a socially responsible manner, uh, because uh, I mean, music is one thing. You, you don't need a live audience. You don't need that feedback. Well, that's that's one thing that I was wondering about because. Uh, I've been watching uh, on YouTube. I, I watch uh, uh, Stephen Colbert and uh, uh, one of the Jimmys, Jimmy Fallon, or not Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel. I, I watch their clips, and uh, Stephen Colbert especially, uh, no audience, and it, it's hard to, you know, it is. Oh, it, it's early on. It took them. It took them weeks to sort of get a rhythm down because there's no feedback from the audience. It took me as an audience member so long to. I watched Seth Meyer. Oh yeah, and um, and it, it was it was it was actually painful for the first week or two. But he he found his rhythm and yeah. and he's and he's talking to his uh, his crew that's yeah. around there. You know, he's, he's mentioning the guy that's holding the cue cards or the the cameraman and that sort of thing. And, and it's I've I've really dug the rhythm of it, but it for me to stand in front of a camera and do comedy, that would be it would be hellish. Well, it's the type of thing where you'd have to do it over and over and over again before you even got comfortable with that, yeah. right? Yeah. So I've done two Zoom performances. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> It's tough, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't one of those, you know, 80 people on the screen and you can't even see people. This is for, I saw about four people on the screen. Yeah. And so you could actually see them laughing. Okay. Um, you couldn't hear them, but you could see them. Yeah, you so at least you're going, oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're getting it. So is that how you warmed up for this or, or how did you put together your act for, for this performance? Um. I was like, I, we're talking about the wheelie funny fundraise that we did. Like we did 27 shows last summer mm-hmm. and I, Cody and I were really the only ones that really kept, um, fresh and kept, uh, on our toes. And so I, I really, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think I'll miss a beat when it's, uh, when you see it, that it's, uh, right. uh I'm. I'm pretty, it, I, I'm feeling pretty good about it being smooth because I run through it in my head and, uh, you know, when I'm in the shower or, or that sort of thing and I've got it down well enough. I mean, there's always, uh, you never know what's going to happen with a live audience regardless of how well behaved they may or may not be. Yeah. So there, there's, there's that chance of it being, you know, little off the cuff and that sort of thing, but it'll be, I, I got a good feeling. I got some good material, clean material, television. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> I had to go through hours of my own material to figure out what's, is this appropriate? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> my closer, I had to run it by Kyle first. I said, you think I can say this on TV? And so tune in folks and you'll find out if it's, yes, <laughs> if it's well, uh, appropriate for TV. Uh, most of your stuff, um, uh, you generally tend to be uh, perhaps uh, cleaner than most 
modern-day comedians, I would oh, say. Oh, I, I, I like to think so, yeah. I, I mean, you, you generally don't drop the F-bomb and, and that sort of thing in your act like uh, a lot of uh, Unless it's inappropriate. Uh, I mean, there well, are yeah, times you, times when you can use that, you and that, but mm-hmm. and most of my stuff. If there's if there's anything in it that it's uh, misogynistic, it's it's from from the point of view of uh, that I understand this is wrong, and I'm pointing it out as being yeah. wrong. Well, that's part of the yeah. the job of a comedian, right? Is that's right? Is yeah. sort of put that spotlight on society and. And you might get the laugh, but you're hoping that you also get that the thought thing. process yeah. going. That, ooh, yeah, that wasn't right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. And uh, any 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 um, anything that might be considered racist is uh, I identify myself. Same kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I identify as as a Métis. Yeah. And so I I have license to make Métis jokes. Yeah. You don't. What? Just to be clear. That hasn't changed. Well, actually, it has changed. Where now you can't anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it, it's all it's not all, even if I'm just making fun of you. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, I give you license for that. Okay. But <laughs> but if I'm standing there with another person, then no, no. not so much. Yeah. So it's 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 relatively clean, and it's yeah. it's never been been real dirty. But I mean, for television, you got to be even cleaner than than usual. Yes. Right? Yeah. For sure. Okay, so let's uh, reiterate uh, the time, the place. Where can people take part uh, and get involved with uh, Prince George Live? Prince George Live, uh, Sundays, 6 o'clock, Channel 3, cable, whatever. This is why he's not on air anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Or like I say, uh, pgcf.ca or Facebook Live if you search for Prince George Community Foundation. And and this is a, a fundraiser. They're trying yeah. to raise $50,000 and uh, so you can call in and make um, make a donation and you get to see some fantastic live um, local performers. Yeah, yeah. So it's very exciting and and we haven't really addressed this uh, the, the arts community is, has taken the hardest pounding in this. Yeah, big time, They've yeah. shut down any any form of entertainment even when it would be, um, I think it wouldn't be inappropriate to have a comedy because you're still in, let's say you go to a restaurant and you're still socially distanced. Yeah. And, but there's some dude 30 feet away telling jokes, dick jokes sometimes, but regardless of that, um, and, but it's been shut down all these, I have so many, um, comedy friends that, that have, that's what, that was their living. Yeah. And now it's just bang. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. Well, hopefully that'll change soon, and uh, don't forget, 6 o'clock Sunday, to tune in or uh, go online to find it at uh, pgcf.ca. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita, with guest producer Neil Godbu of the Prince George Citizen. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 